Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. One of my go-to expressions is, in a marriage, disagreement is a given, fighting or arguing is a choice. And while my clients understand that conceptually, putting it into practice is not as easy as it sounds. And this isn't because they aren't making a real effort to use the skills I teach them. It's because of an automatic response that we all have that makes it difficult to access those skills when they're needed most. So what is this automatic response? And is there a way to override it? Well, those questions and more are what I'm going to be talking about today with my guest, fellow licensed marriage and family therapist and certified life coach, Linda Carroll. So Linda, thanks for coming on the show. And we're going to be talking about something that when I first heard about it, it was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. <laughs> so, yes, I'm, yes. so I'm hoping that my guests will have that, I mean, so that my uh, listeners will have that exact same reaction. Right, so, right. So, you know, and, and, and it's I'm, hopeful. It's, very, yes. it's a very hopeful thing because it, it seems, you know, one of the things I work a lot with couples in what I call loops, and mm-hmm. loops are all about what happens when, when we become dysregulated. That's mm-hmm. the word of the day, mm-hmm. dysregulated. <laughs> and understanding a way out of the loop is so hopeful because we don't have to be in that, but we often don't know what to do because we're stuck in this Right, the red zone or the loop. These are these, these right. sort of takeaway words that I find people find useful. So, and it's and it's interesting because, as my listeners know, I talk about the importance of communication in relationships ad nauseum on this show. Um, yes. And and but good communication skills are necessary, but they're not sufficient for keeping a relationship on track. And you talk about this, you wrote a piece called Why Relationship Skills Don't Always Fix Your Relationship. Um, Sorry, Why Communication Skills Don't Always Fix Your Relationship. And in it, and I quote, you say, communication skills alone can't stop arguments from erupting or escalating. So, Right. When I read that, I'm kind of going, okay, so how are they useful if they're not useful? <laughs> well, if right. they don't stop arguments or keep them from building, why, you know, why, why, do we, why do we harp on them so much? So what is actually going on that communication skills by themselves aren't going to stop the arguments? Well, okay, let me, let me say something first about that because I think, you know, I'm, a, I'm an author Mm-hmm. I've been a therapist for 40 years. It's mostly what I do is I work with couples. I teach classes. And I, so I have been a trained in all kinds of communication skills for couples, and I teach it. Mm-hmm. And, and when I first started, I thought that's all we needed was just <laughs> the skills, how to do I statements and how to listen. But I think there are two things that we need. I, and, and the first is what I'm writing about in this article, which is what I call understanding when we go in the red zone. The second mm-hmm. thing, I'm going to just be very quick about it, but I think it's really important, is understanding that your partner isn't you. And that one of the things in my book, Love Skills, I say in the beginning, and I, always, and I say it in the class that I teach, is that for some people, there is a real pleasure 
in making I statements and in listening and in doing all of the things that those that all the books and blocks tell you to do. But mm-hmm. often a person who is a communicator in that way is with somebody who doesn't like it, who would rather go for a walk or ride a bike or watch a tennis match. So that that the first part about this is in, in understanding about when communi- how communication skills don't work is that mm-hmm. your partner it, or your mother or your sister or whoever you're doing this with does not necessarily not only communicate like you, but appreciate open-ended conversations or vulnerability. And so mm-hmm. that so the first part of this is understanding you're not me. And <laughs> so I may approach something with great curiosity, like, God, I yelled yesterday. Why did I do that? My partner doesn't approach stuff that happens with curiosity at all. He doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, he gets defensive. He doesn't want to hear it. He just wants to get through it so he can go for a bike ride. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, so the first part of communication skills is understanding that it's a huge, huge, uh, um, it's a huge canvas. And that, and that for one person, communication skills is kind of a grunt. Mm-hmm. You know, where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know. I don't care wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And for another person, communication skills means, well, I really like the restaurant Thursday, but then again, that's not what you like so much. And, you know, and I love the salad and it's a whole, I wonder why I love the salad. It's a whole <laughs> exploration. And mm-hmm. so if, and, and we're usually not with somebody who's our clone. So understanding that, that your partner is going to approach the whole idea of communication and listening in a different way. So that's the first thing. Okay. Uh, and the second thing is that, um, uh, that the that there is a a process that happens when we are stressed mm-hmm. and and what that process is it's that our our old brain we have a lot of different parts of our brain we have chemicals in our brain for example that that wash over us when we are fear when we're afraid or when mm-hmm. we're anxious mm-hmm. we all know what those experiences are like you know and and what happens when i remember one time when i was teaching at rancho la puerta I was coming out of a building in Mexico, a place where I, I work and teach, and I it was dusk, and I was and there was no one around, and I was walking towards another building, and I was just having lots of thoughts and and sort of zipping along, and I looked up and I thought I saw a horse. It was maybe twenty twenty um, feet away, uh-huh. and then I stopped, and it was a cougar. It was a oh, big cougar. <laughs> and okay. I, I, well, here's what I remember. I remember looking at that cougar and thinking my brain saying that's a cougar and you know what the next thing I remember is I was in a building mm-hmm. that I don't even know how I got from the place where I was standing and saw the cougar to mm-hmm. the building it mm-hmm. was my because my my emotional brain shut off and my ability to I went into fight or flight I went into mm-hmm. a primitive reaction and that's that's all I could do. I didn't think what kind of a cougar. It's a beautiful <laughs> cougar. I wonder if it's a male. I just I did I I just it was reacted. Like, it was like get out of the reach of the range of that cougar now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so I don't even, I don't remember anything about that, Leslie, except I saw it, and the next mm-hmm. thing I knew, I was in a building calling someone from security to say, you know, <laughs> can you chase it back up the mountain? But sometimes if my partner says to me you forgot the spinach that he can he if depending on the kind of state i'm in that day or that night or with him or in my own mind it can feel like he's a cougar and i can react in the same way Uh and for some people they go into flight 
For some people, they go into fight. For some people, they freeze. Some people, mm-hmm. we know we call it fold. And so there's a style I have when I feel triggered, I call it triggered, or when I mm-hmm. feel like I'm in some kind of danger. And I mean, asking somebody how, about how their day went <laughs> might not seem in this conversation like it's a dangerous thing. Uh-huh. But if, I, if I'm very vulnerable and I'm feeling like my, my partner is criticizing me a lot mm-hmm. and my day didn't really go so well anyway, I'm not even sure if I'm going to keep my job. And then I go home and he says, how was your day? What my old, what that part of my brain can hear, we call that mm-hmm. the, 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 old, the old part of the brain, mm-hmm. um, the reptilian part of the brain. What that part of the brain hears is some, what's wrong with you. You know, I'm going to criticize you. You didn't have a good, you didn't do a good job today. I'm going to hear something in that that's going to create a reaction to me. Whether the person means it or even is saying it is not what creates the reaction. It's what happens in me. And mm-hmm. at that point, there's no conversation because I'm in fight or flight. Is that, is that making sense to you, what it, I'm saying? Oh, it makes, it makes complete sense to me uh, because it, it's happened and it's one of the things when I work with my clients, you know, and they go into this, well, I didn't mean it and they took it wrong and blah, 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 and they just need to come. I'm going, okay, you're misunderstanding, right? You know, and I tell people, unless you have a, a video recording or an audio recording, don't get into who said what in what tone of voice because you're never going to agree. <laughs> it's just like right, right. You're not, we just you're talking about we're different people, and and what what wouldn't bother me might trigger my partner, and so it you know it, and it makes so much sense because when we get flooded with those emotions, um, we we actually can't take in any information. So what happens if a couple actually tries to communicate? Or have a conversation when one or both of them are in what you call the red zone. Well, okay, so this is how I, I give people an example. And I think just about every couple I know knows this. Uh-huh. So you have some kind of something happens between you and it's upsetting and you go to bed. And person uh-huh. one says, um, I want to talk about what happened. And person two says, not tonight. I have to work tomorrow. Let's talk about it Sunday when we go out for dinner. Right. And person one says, what do you mean you have to go to sleep? We just, had an, we just had a really unpleasant experience. How can you go to sleep? And person two says, because I have to go to work. Right. And person one says, I thought you cared about the relationship. Oh, so Lord. it's escalating. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then person two says, why are you doing this? I can't do it now. I, and they get, become more distressed. And person one starts getting bigger and person two starts getting smaller until they get up and leave the room and sleep somewhere else. So mm-hmm. what's going on there? And people often talk about this because this is a, a loop that a lot of couples have where one person wants to talk now, the other uh-huh. person wants to get away. Well, if we could define that in a different way and say, to keep my anxiety down, to keep myself from going into distress, I want to talk about this now. That's person one. Mm-hmm. My partner says, to keep my anxiety down, to keep me from going into distress, I am too upset to talk about it now. I need to get away from you. Uh-huh. So, who, so the first thing I'll ask people is who's wrong? And they always say, nobody's wrong. Nobody's so wrong. how do we negotiate this? So this is how I, I, I suggest people negotiate it. So if we're, at, if we're in this conversation where person one is wanting to talk about it now um, and person two wants to say not now, they're actually being smart because they know that they're not going to be able uh-huh. to listen. Here's, what you, here's something you can do. 
the person who doesn't want to talk about it now can look at the person who's getting bigger and feeling more intense and touch them and say, you know, sweetie, I really care about you and I want to do this. I'm just too distressed right now and I'm, I, I could make a mess. I, how about if we do it tomorrow at lunchtime? So you have it within 24 hours. Yep. You make a time when you'll do it and you touch the person and reassure them that you care about them. And what do we know about pets, horses, <laughs> cats? We know that the that being touched brings down that it helps the breathing get slower and it brings down that part of our brain that feels that we're in danger. I mean, if you're in a good enough relationship, if you're, you know, mad at each other and the person touches you, that might not feel good. But for most people that, or the other person who is feeling desperate to talk about it, because that's going to bring my pulse down if we talk Mm -hmm. about it, can say, I know you're, you're, I know you don't feel comfortable talking about it, but I need to know a time when we're going to, Yes. Because then I can calm myself. So you, you are each doing something that is acknowledging the other person's wh- where they're at. And that brings down the, the heavy breathing. It, it releases some of the chemicals that go off when we're in danger. Like when I saw that cougar, uh-huh. that those chemicals can go off when my partner says to me, I didn't have a chance to fill your car today and I used it. And I can suddenly be yes. in some kind of place of just outrage and uh-huh. not fair and right and not be trusted to respond in a way that's you know kind or civil so so the question that i think you asked earlier that's really important is what do we do number one we understand that there's something called a red zone uh-huh. and the red zone is when we you know see red when we go into uh-huh. the old brain response and our partner says you forgot the spinach and what we hear is you're worthless Mm-hmm. I have to know this about myself. That's the mm-hmm. first rule of communication is know thyself. I have to know that about myself, that if that to know when I start to get like that, I need to back off and I need to say to my partner, I'm getting triggered. It's not you. Let me just do what I need to do to calm myself. Yeah, I use so, I give know, yeah, I give yeah, I give my clients a temperature scale of one to ten that one mm. things couldn't be calmer, everything's fantastic, and 10, somebody's going out the second story window, and I don't know who it is. And, oh, and wow. That's, and, and, yes. and, so, and, and, and higher than a six, you shut up. <laughs> and my six yeah. may be different from your six, but it's like, and if I'm at an eight, nobody wants to try to have a conversation with me. It will not go well. I really like that, that so that, that you, you, you start to look at that scale from 1 to 10, mm-hmm. and you, you, you have, you're first of all self-responsible. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leslie, I really like that. You're, you know, I, where am I right now? So the first question you ask, you know, one of, one of the things that I, um, that, that I say, and people really seem to get this, is that the intensity of your need to talk about something right now is not related to the wisdom of talking about it right now. Yes. That the intensity with which you feel, and I, I, and I'll, and I think who who doesn't know what it's like to get an email, and you're just in some kind of mood where you're on the edge, and you fire <laughs> off a response, and you hit send, and then you think, what have I done? Right. And it's the same. This is the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the intensity that I feel like I've got to talk about it now. It's not related to the wisdom. What was your day like? And you know. Just as a little sidebar, this is not just about disagreements, but it's Mm -hmm. also about if I've had a really wonderful day, 
and all sorts of great things have happened. And my partner comes in and I, the first thing I need to do is find out what their day is. If they've just had a fender bender, you know, and they, and, and they just found out they needed a root canal and lost their job and, you know, had a terrible yeah. call with their brother. What, right. and, and they come in and I say, oh, I've had the most wonderful news. I'm not going to get a response from them that's going to be honoring the place I'm at. So this is really about being mindful of what am I, what's, what's my body temperature right now? What's the scale, like you say, from 1 to 10? And what's my partner's? And is this a time to try to share my best news? Because right. that's another that's a painful thing when you have a great day, your partner has a hard day, and you say these wonderful things have happened, and they just look at you like, you know, who cares? <laughs> right. and, my my <laughs> world just fell apart. I don't want to hear about it, right? Exactly, so, exactly. So I need to remind my listeners that this is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with fellow licensed marriage and family therapist and certified life coach, Linda Carroll, about how good communication requires more than just good good communication skills. So if you've ever had a conversation with your partner, go sideways and turn into an argument, you now have some idea of what's going on. But if you're truly committed to making these events few and far between, I can help. I invite you to take a moment and send me an email or give me a call to schedule your free no-obligation five-star relationship call. You can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. Or you can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S coaching and is in nancy c is in charlie.com and i want to get back to this conversation so linda i i love you talking about giving that example um about a couple climbing into bed because there is that horrible piece of advice about don't go to bed angry oh, have <laughs> I mean, that damaged so many people oh, i mean it's like it, great. Yes so no. you're tired and angry and arguing at three o'clock in the morning and doing all kinds of damage it's like you know, I mean, I suppose that, you know, the idea of trying to go to sleep when you're angry is difficult, but the solution is not to talk it out. It's to get your anger under control so you can go to sleep. But, yeah. So I then mean, it becomes what – go ahead. What were you going to say? But so yeah, it so, becomes what do you say to yourself? If you say to yourself – and this is the, this is the other thing we're – what we're doing is we're making we're doing case building against our partner. He, mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have time. He never has time. He didn't have time to fix the garage door. Blah blah blah. You know, we start going off into this into this whole case building experience. Or when you know, my mother never had time. What I say to myself at that moment is the most important thing that happens. So if I say to my partner, "Let's talk," you know, I, what happened? Needs, I really want to talk about it, and he says, "Not now." Blah blah. Mm-hmm. If I say to myself, he never has time, that's not fair, and look at all I've done for him, uh-huh. it's, it, then what's going to happen is my internal conversation, my communication with myself is going to go south. Whereas if I say to myself, this is hard for me because I'm a person who wants to communicate now and I love talking about it. He doesn't uh-huh. like talking about it. and He's tired and he's uh-huh. got to get up at 6 in the morning. So I've got to put my little nervous self on hold and say to myself, this isn't about love, honey. This is about him being tired, and he doesn't get excited with communication talks you do. And so, and and, and if we have an agreement 
that we've made before we're in the trouble, which is that we will talk about something within 24 hours, I can get even more calm with that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I also advise to my clients, that if you, if you, please take a break if you find yourself getting hot and, 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 and entering the red zone. Please take a break. But if you ask for a break, you have to give an alternative time. Because if you never come back to have the conversation, they are never going to let you go. Ever. That's right. That's right. That's very, that's absolutely true. And that's absolutely true. So we have to honor that, don't we? Well, and, you know, and it's, you know, I mean, and, and I think that this is one of the biggest, I mean, you, you mentioned it, and I actually think it's the biggest challenge to creating any kind of a successful relationship is recognizing that we all, that we are now, always have been, and always will be two different people. You aren't going to do things the way I do. The things that, that bother me may not bother you. Um, the way I handle things is not necessarily the way you handle them. And it's not a bad thing unless we make it that. Um, exactly. You know, and, and, yeah. and tell the story of, well, because they don't do this, they don't care. I remember, I can't remember who it was. It may have been Sue Johnson telling the story. But it was a story about um, a repair effort. And what the woman wanted was words, her husband to actually come up to her and say, I'm sorry about my part in blah, 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 blah. But that wasn't his style. His style was to come up behind her, put his hands on her shoulders and kiss her on the back of the neck. Yes. <laughs> and that was, you know, and so, did, I mean, and so she, she wasn't getting what she quote unquote wanted, but she was able to say, to recognize that that's, that that was his apology. Yes, and so we, and she was able to make that good enough. Yes. Rather than it has to be the way that I want it to be. Right. Because if you loved me, there's that old idea. If you loved <laughs> oh. me, you could read my mind. You could know what I want. You could do what I want. Well, and that's a very. And sometimes we can, our partners can make requests of us. They can say, "I would really like it if you if if it would happen this way." But if I can't do that, if that's not something. You know, I mean, this is, goes into the love language and, and things like that. It's like we still have to negotiate through that is, is what is acceptable. There's, there's the ideal yeah, that, yeah. that if, you were, if you were my mirror, if you could read my mind, if you did everything that I did, we would never have these problems. That's the ideal, right? Well, I and wouldn't I, be with you if you did everything I did because well, I wouldn't need to be with another person. I could do right. it myself. Right. But but we have this kind of weird expectation. But, you know, there's the ideal and then there is the and I'm not and I'm not using this as a as a settlement question, but there is the good enough that that this is something yeah. that I can accept and recognize and embrace. And but but when we get when we when we get into that red zone when we get triggered, um, it's hard to grasp those things, which is why I think you and I agree this is a conversation people need to have beforehand, right? Not in the moment. That's right. About how do we want to handle it? No, because your brain's on fire. Yeah. Right. And you know, and being able to to acknowledge and recognize the you know, what my partner does bring to the table, what my, how my partner does respond in a positive way. It changes the lens that we're viewing it. So, I mean, we, we were just talking a little bit about, you know, having these conversations 
beforehand and 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 taking a moment to check in um, with our partners because I'm always a big proponent of asking is now a good time to have this conversation and then if the answer exactly. is no what what's a better time um, as opposed to just jumping into the conversation without any thinking about it but what other suggestions do you have about how a couple can avoid the red zone in the first place I don't have any because I don't think we can. I think it's part okay. of human life. But right. I think what we can do is we can we don't have to we don't have to make messes from the red zone. Mm-hmm. We can find ways. You know, when we were in the COVID years, I mean, we're in them, mm-hmm. but not the way we were. Right. One of the most common things that went on between people is the is the news problem, and for there, so people are are locked in a house together, and mm-hmm. one person is very anxious about what's going on and wants to have the news on all the time. Uh-huh. And the other person is very anxious about what's going on and doesn't want to hear the news. Uh-huh. And they, you know, they're in a three room apartment. <laughs> right. So what, how do they, how do they do this? What do they do? And what they usually would do when they got to me is they've been arguing about it and they've been, exp- they've been talking about their case. So one, I just wrote an article for my newsletter and I, I, I and I, and the theme of the article was one of the reasons marriage counseling doesn't work. And I and the re, and the, what I talked about in that article was that often people come to marriage counseling because they want to show the other partner that they're right mm-hmm. and their partner's wrong, mm-hmm. and that I want to go in, I want hurt. And I've been in marriage counseling with my husband, and I've been a therapist for forty years. I mm-hmm. still do it too. When we've gone to counseling, what I have a secret hope is that the right. counselor will help him see that he's wrong. But I know that that's not really reasonable right. and that it's not going to work. And right. I have to, so I have to give up the idea that my way is right and, and, and that doesn't mean that it's wrong. It means, as you said, we're two different people. Yeah. So, so I, I think telling myself that and telling myself that it isn't that I'm not I'm not wrong. He's not wrong. We're different. How can we help each other get what we want? Is really I think a very very core piece of this. How do I wish you well being? I wish uh-huh. you to get what you want. You're going to get calm listening to the news. I don't understand that because uh-huh. I just want to watch the birds and not think about right. it. Right. Or you're you're going to get calm watching the birds and I don't get that because I need to know what's going on. Right. Neither of us are wrong. Mm-mm. So how do we how do we become advocates for each other's and and protectors of each other's needs rather than fighting each other? And I think that those are the kinds of things you said. What do you do? Is you talk to yourself in a way that mm-hmm. helps you remember that you're a guardian for the other person's well being as well as for your own. I love that because that is you know to me, I think what makes marriage specifically because it's a very particular type of relationship. So challenging is that it really is challenging us both to expand ourselves and be and and be supportive of things we might not understand. It's like how does your brain work that way? I don't get it. But right, but, right. but you know, instead of instead of making you explain it, prove it, it's just, oh, this is how your brain functions. I mean, it's my husband and I, I you know, I, I do lots of word games and he likes to do Sudoku and I will do Sudoku up to a point and I'm going, okay, I'm not going any further with this. I'm not enjoying this. I don't care. 
<laughs> you know? and, yes. and, and he'll sit there and do it, and, you know, and, 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 and he'll get stuck on a word puzzle, and I'll look at it and go, oh, it's this. And it's just like, it's just the way our, I mean, it, it's just the way our brains are. That's what, great. That's a great. It's not better right. or worse. It's just they're different. And I just tell people nobody wants me designing their bridges because God helps them. <laughs> no. That's right. That's you right. Know. But here's the thing. When we're under fire, we don't yes. have that's – you're, that's a benevolent, loving, kind mm. thought. But right. when you're stressed out, you don't think, you don't think like that because no. you're there in your own corner. When you're in that, in that place where you're stressed out, the last thing you think about <laughs> is how to be fair play. You right. think about how to take care of myself. So it's like I have to know that about myself, Lindy. And I, I talk to myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't say it out loud, but I do. I say, I say to myself, you know, you're upset now. This isn't a good time. Mm-hmm. Take a walk. Go outside. And right. I, I mean, to me, that that really helps me is when I'm able to do that. And to know that I, that I, I because I have to talk myself down off the ledge, as they say, because mm-hmm. I get activated and then I start doing all kinds of you know, talk to self-talk to myself about mm-hmm. what isn't fair and all I did and all that stuff we, that some of us do. <laughs> uh, but I know I do it, and I and I and I'm I, I'm in my own corner to stop myself from doing it because it's not for my greater good that I make my husband the villain just because you know he doesn't want to go to the same restaurant I do. And I and I also have a thing that I've been doing lately that's really been great where. I, I remember when I had young kids and I saw an article called Catch the Kid Be Catch Your Child Being Good. Yep. And I grew up in the era which you were supposed to catch them being bad. Mm-hmm. And it changed my whole parenting and I I spend a lot of the time thinking about how to catch my husband doing the right thing. And so I you know, we have a different relationship to order, shall we say. And he cooks and I'm very grateful. But I don't like the way he manages the kitchen at all. <laughs> and I have to work with myself all the right. time on that. Like, I am grateful. It is not going to destroy your life if he doesn't shut the drawers mm-hmm. and if the dishes are still in the sink. You know, I, I have to talk myself down. And instead of saying, could you just put the dish away, I find myself saying more and more, I love that. It was so good. Thank you for doing that for me. And it calms me down. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean you let go of everything. But for me, it means I choose carefully where I even want to ask them to do something different. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, and that's, you know, and, and I think that that can be the source of a lot of, of tension um, because we use ourselves as the template. If if I do it and it works, then the rest of the world should do it the way I do it. Yeah, yeah lots of luck with that right. one. That's right. um, you know, and, and, and but, but again, my partner's thinking exactly the same thing. And, and do I want to, you know, I mean, and, and when, where there is room for adjustment, I think it, it's, it's helpful to do that. But if there isn't room for adjustment, then, you know, it, you know it, again, with my weird, weirdness that my husband's learned about, I, I cannot, I, I cannot rotate things spatially in my head. I do not have that ability. I've actually been tested. I'm very bad at it. And so if, you know, and my husband has done like projects around the house and he'll ask me, you know, I remember him asking me this question about, did I want a half inch overhang or a three quarters of an inch? And I just looked at him like, you got to be kidding me, right? And so he went away and he goes, just come upstairs. And he, and he walked me into the room. He goes, which one do you like? And I said, that one. I didn't know whether it was a half an inch or three quarters of an inch. That that meant nothing to me. But when he could actually give me a visual, oh, okay. And so he's learned that about me. It's like, 
it's like, don't, don't say this to Leslie because she'll look at you like you have three heads. She doesn't know what that means, you know. Um, well, isn't you know, it great that he knows that he can do that? He does that too. Yeah, I mean, but this is, you know, and, and, but but that's that same kind of thing where we're accommodating the differences, not fighting them. Um, yes. You know, and 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 what you're talking about also is finding the things, you know, the good things, catching them doing something that is positive because we all know about the the five to one negative to positive ratio, positive to negative ratio. Right. That you right. know, we you know, yes, we could we could make laundry lists of things that our partners do that we wish they didn't do. But we have to balance that out with the things that they do do that we are so very grateful for. And I love you bringing that up. Um, so can you share with people where they can learn more, find your book, find your writings, because you're, you're a very wise lady. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, my website is Linda. A Carol L I N D A A initial A Linda A Carol two R's and two L's dot com um, and I have a, a class coming up. I do an online class, which is really fun, a Zoom class. I've got a couple of books out there, so come to my website. I'm happy to talk. I answer all my emails, and it's and I really appreciate this chance to talk to you. I'm so glad for the work you're doing because well, you're doing such important work. I really, really appreciate you reaching out to me and all the people that you touch. Because if we can do this two by, I mean, how do we make the world better if we can't do it two by two? And I always think this is my anti-terrorist. My real anti-terrorist work is in my marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, that's because that's where I can be the worst terrorist of all. So I just see this as a a soul-growing experience. Well, I so appreciate you you coming on the show. And what I want listeners to take away is that you Truthfully, one person cannot fight by themselves. You can be angry by yourself, as we've talked about. You can be hurt by yourself. But to have an argument or a fight, you have to have a willing partner. And if you don't want to fight, then taking steps to stay out of your red zone is the answer. And my question is, what would help you to do that? And I hope one of the answers will be to continue to listen to this show. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving. 